Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I think that was mine. Hi, 50-ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50. We're a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50. So I dived into our DMs this week, Trish, and found a review from one of our 50-ish tribes, Steph, who lives in Auckland. And she said, great episodes, girls. I marched up a hill and down one, chuckling to myself over the undercarriage stories. <laughs> oh, my which... goodness. It's still, it's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. Overshare. So, Steph is, of course, referring to the now infamous double instalment hair episode where we had a few girlfriends offer up their own funny stories of hair removal. So I may, I may be one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sat quite silent on that yeah. one from memory. Anyway. In shock, perhaps. Thanks, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> Not by you, not anymore. I know you far too lo- far too well for far too long. So Trish, I'm I'm excited about today's yes, guest. Me too. So we're speaking with Anthony Amrit. She's an entrepreneur, leadership and women's empowerment expert, speaker, and an author. So Anjani began her career working as a high-powered, super successful lawyer with one of the world's most prestigious law firms. She flew first class around the world negotiating multi-million dollar wow. deals. So it's sounding pretty pretty damn good to me at the moment. I'm oh like, my gosh, yes. I wouldn't mind doing that. But as we know, with many highly driven women, this all came at a price, okay, so to her mental, physical and emotional well-being. So she made some dramatic changes, carved out a new career for herself, and we've got her all to ourselves for the next 30 to 40 minutes or so. So I'm fully intrigued to learn more because I sense Anjani is an advocate for finding our purpose in life as 50-plus-year-old women, and this is a huge dominating theme for us, Trish, isn't it? We hear this all the time repeated here with our guests and through our 50-ish tribe. Yes. 
So let's dive in. I'm all ears. Yes, can't wait. Hello and welcome to Don't Give a 50. Amazing, Anthony. Hi, ladies. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm doing amazing and I'm really excited to be here. Oh, oh thank we you. We are so excited to yeah, have you. Yeah, it's taken, it's taken a quite a quite a bit of effort to um to align this yes, hasn't it like yes. we've had a few mishaps and things like that beautiful engineer um, was the guest who told us that mercury was in retrograde when we couldn't ha- yes uh, record with her due to technical issues yeah so. yeah and, and you were such a champion about that yes, so gracious so, so thank, thanks Anjani we really appreciate that pleasure <laughs> you, you okay yeah. yeah so gorgeous Anjani you are such a fascinating woman we'd love to hear a condensed version only because we have limited time <laughs> I'd like to hear the whole story. Um, your backstory from then to now. Sure. Look, I started out life, originally I came from um, a very working class family in the UK and I really wanted to better myself and what the, that's how I felt at the time. You know, I wanted to see the world. I'm daughter of a shepherd, like my father was an actual shepherd, Greek Cypriot. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? And, um, <laughs> and so I wanted to do something more with my life. I wanted to see the world. And so when I didn't get the grades to become a doctor, I thought I'll be a lawyer. That's the next best thing. You know, that'll get me around the world and get me success and all of that. So I was very driven, very ambitious, wanted to conquer the world, change the world, all of that. I got there and I got there, you know, with a lot of audacity and a lot of force and a lot of pushing um, a lot of hustle. Yeah, I, I, I took elocution lessons. I did anything and everything I needed to do to get into that spot of being a lawyer. Wow. Became a corporate lawyer, worked in the top law firms in the world, and I literally burnt myself out because yeah. I wasn't being true to who I was. And along the way, I lost who I was. And I hear a lot of that, a lot of the similar stories from other women, you know, we can have families or we can get into a work or a career and we lose who we are, we lose our essence. And then we feel stuck. We don't know what to do. So I felt stuck. I didn't know what to do. I was having a lot of anxiety. I was having a lot of panic attacks. I um, had a lot of digestive issues diagnosed with irritable bowel. And someone suggested I go to a meditation. I was like, whatever. And (laughs) you know, when you're really desperate, you'll kind of try anything. Yes. I was desperate and I was like, okay, I'm going to go because I've tried everything else and nothing's working. Went to this meditation and literally blew my mind. Like literally I went into this place of, I don't know what it was, but there was gold all around me and I felt ecstatic and It was incredible. And that was my first ever experience. And so I left there with the the biggest grin on my face thinking, I don't know what this is, but I want more of it. And I want to understand what the hell has just gone on. And so that kind of took me on a journey of soul searching really is what I would say. And I went to India, retrained as an Ayurvedic health expert, yoga teacher, energy worker. I trained as a Vedic priestess. I did all of this weird and wonderful thing in the East and then brought it back basically to be a bridge really between the East and the West so that people in the West can understand how to live a really good life grounded in your body and know the secrets that the East have got, but apply those in the West so that we don't have to live in a cave to have all of that mastery and wisdom in our life for real success and purpose. So, Anjani, you must have been open and receptive 
to that meditation course that you did? Because I would imagine that there would be women in your position at that time, and yes, they're burnt out and they've lost their sense of self, but, but just could not grasp what you were needing to grasp doing that type of a course. Would you agree that you were open and receptive to it? It's a great question. You'd assume that, wouldn't you? But I actually wasn't. I wasn't. It was not on my radar. I wasn't looking for it. I had the most resistance. I remember going to the meditation class and there were all thongs on the floor, flip-flops, what I would call them. And I was Mm. like, oh, my God, I've got to take my – there's going to be tie-dye wearing, pink hair, (laughs) hippies. I was Mm. so resistant. I was not open to it at all. But so I'm very skeptical. I was very skeptical. Still am today, I have to say. I'm very skeptical. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a walkover. I'm very pragmatic and practical. Having been a lawyer for 16 years, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, right. And being raised in a working class England, you don't, there's no spirituality, soul, yoga, mm, no. none of that. There's the only mm. spirit you get in Yorkshire is a glass of wine at the end of the day. So no, I wasn't open to it, but I had this, what I would call mystical experience. And it literally changed my perspective and view of life. It like opened a door. It was like going into somewhere that I'd never seen before. And I was like, wow, there's something more to life that I didn't know about. And that piqued my curiosity. Mm. When you were doing that initial meditation, mm. was it a guided meditation or what sort of meditation was it? It was guided. So the teacher guided us into a very relaxed state and then went silent and just kind of guided us into into this space, this Wow. space is all I can call it That's and so I, powerful. I, I just went there and I didn't, mm. I didn't know how there was no real instructions it just happened so okay I was lucky and what I know now is that through work that I've done in other lives if you believe in that then you know we come kind of preloaded with certain settings and so I've done a lot of that development in other lives or other times or spaces so we're all capable of having these mystical experiences we all have them Mm. you see a sunset or a sunrise you can have a mystical experience of like wow Mm. when you say that you've done a lot of work in past lives etc do you do that through meditation or is it like a timeline hypnosis or what what do you use well from that meditation I what happened was it switched on all of my psychic sight so, okay. I so potentially you were that person yeah. with that energy and with those yeah. abilities, but just yes. had been pushing it aside and pushing it aside because yeah. you had decided you were going to do this career, law, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. Yeah. I wasn't aware of it. It's not like I mm. pushed it aside. I had no idea. It was like yeah. it's sitting there. It was like having a resource that you never knew you had. And then one day kind of scratching around the back of the cupboard and going, oh my God. I didn't know that. I've forgotten it was there. You know, I forgot yeah. that thing there. <laughs> oh, that's my um, favourite thing. Excellent. Yeah, my favourite <laughs> thing ever. So that's how it was for me. With that career, what does, you know, a typical day back then versus a typical day now? Well, then I was working 22-hour days for months on wow. end, literally. I would fall asleep at my desk. My secretary would come in in the morning. I'd ask her to buy me a new blouse and underwear. I'd shower at work. I'd eat at work. I basically lived at work. I had no life yeah. outside of work. I did have a partner at the time. He never saw me. I didn't have a life outside of work. And I was very miserable, even though I had all the trappings, the material trappings of life. Yes. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. miserable on the inside. I was a shell and I was becoming emptier and emptier and more and more depleted as I was doing it. 
because mm. I wasn't aligned with who I was and my purpose, you see. And I didn't know that at the time. I just thought I have to keep working harder. You know, I'm, I'm ambitious. Yes. I need to work harder. I need to apply more. Um, and what I realized was, no, if things aren't working, it's for a reason. Go with the flow, mm. not against the flow. Whereas these days, I pretty much do everything that I love. And my working day, it's not very stressed at all. So there's no stress. I love what I do. I love writing. I love speaking. I love my work with my clients, my group programs. I run retreats. So I get to go to anywhere in the world that I want to go to that excites me and take people with me and share, you know, amazing adventures with them and sharing mystical experiences with people so that they can transform their lives. It's not necessarily about converting anyone to anything. It's just awakening that hidden whatever it is in your cupboard, pulling it out and using it. And so on I, that, what, what do you, like, if, mm-hmm. if a client comes to you and says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm guess that, that they were feeling like you were feeling, you know, I'm feeling burnt out, I don't know my purpose, except etc how do you help them I help them essentially get perspective by dialing in so often we will go outside and think everything what we need is outside of us so we outsource our happiness we can outsource our purpose even we can outsource our direction in life and so I essentially help people become more insourced which means tuning in to find that golden nugget that's inside of you. How do we do that? Well, we can do it through psychologically, through our mindset. We can understand our emotions and learn to read our emotions. Like what are our emotions telling us? Because that's our guidance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then why am I feeling this way? Yes. It's just and a then, feeling, it's just a thought, but where is it coming from and why? Yes, and then tapping into also our energy body. So we have an energy body with energy centres called chakras and yoga works with the chakras. We think we're doing asanas or poses, but actually what we're doing is working with the energy centres, chakras. And so helping them access the gifts that are in their chakras so that they start coming to the forefront of their lives. And then people start realizing they have all these gifts and talents that they had no idea about. They start tapping into deeper wisdom. They start having realizations about their life, their purpose, their drive. And also I look at psychically what their soul is here for and I can share that with them I can share that information sometimes you know I offer mediumship sometimes you know granny comes in at a crisis point I've got a client at the moment she had a diagnosis really you know shocking diagnosis and her grandmother came in and and it was very comforting to her so any Mm. tool that is in the toolkit Mentally, emotionally, physically or spiritually, I bring all of those four dimensions for people. And I guess being so intuitive, you know which ones are needed at which time. Oh, my gosh, I'm so in. I'm booking you. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just back you up there slightly? Mm. You mentioned a word. It sounded like chakras. Chakras. Chakras, yes. Mm. Yes. So what... yeah, because I've got no idea. So um, I'm I'm a little bit more woo woo than Mel. So how do you spell that, and what is it? Yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? Because we're not taught anything like this in the West, and it can sound real no. foreign, weird. And I remember when I first started doing yoga, I would just giggle through the whole class, just feeling like such an idiot. You know, I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? So chakras, um, how it's spelled is C H A K R A S, and in the West we say chakras, but it's actually chakra. That's how we pronounce it, chakra, originally. I can imagine I just did a real Catholic inversion. Chakra? Yeah, chakra. Um, It's all good. It doesn't really matter what you call it as long as you understand what it is. So we've got 
these main power points in our bodies. And if you've ever been for acupuncture, that's what that's what people use the needles for. They they put the needles into where we've got these power centers and the energy lines that run between these power centers. And these power centers regulate various areas or, of our lives. So the heart chakra obviously will relate to our love, how we love, how we are loved, our compassion, our capacity for compassion, our capacity to be open to something greater than self, you know, that higher meaning higher guidance in life. So that's the heart. Mm -hmm. The throat is all about our communication, our time. How many people are time strapped? If you can learn how to clear out your throat chakra and activate it and elevate it, then you can stretch time, literally. Time just becomes oh your gosh, friend. I need to learn that. So, too. you know, this is what the yogis know, right? But when we bring this into the West, this wisdom into the West, we can perform at a much higher level with way less stress with zero stress and magnify what we want to us so sacral chakra otherwise known as sex chakra on the pubic bone that's how we can magnify it's responsible for, for our magnetic pull as well as giving birth to people as well as giving birth to businesses so businesses wow. have chakras as well and when you know how to look at and scan the business chakras you can elevate your business just by working on the energy body and chakras of the business which is another piece of work that I help my clients do you know it's it's, and you get rapid transformation when you're talking about these things it's funny how that eastern and western Mm. collide sometimes like Mm. you know like oh I know that sometimes if I'm having having trouble communicating I'll literally feel like my throat's constricted or they'll say you know my heart's aching like when you have pain you know, emotional pain, you feel like your heart's aching and, and, you know, it all relates to this um, Eastern chakras. Yes. Is that where it all originates from, those those kind of feelings or sayings, do you believe? The knowing about them comes from from there, but we all have chakras, whether you're aware of it or not. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter if you're aware of it, we all have it. So, yeah, that feeling, lump in your throat, that's the chakra shutting down. So, yeah. If you if you know how to cleanse it and reactivate it, reopen it, then not only does the stress and worry go, but then you're much more able to communicate authentically, mm. easily, have difficult conversations at work and not feel mm. terrified, those kinds of things. So it's, it has very mm. practical That would be helpful. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering, mm. is that my, what What was the reproductive chakra? What was that called? The, called the sacral or sex chakra. Is that why the, the sacral chakra kind of tingles when you watch? Watching Jon Snow and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to lump in the throat. It's like the tingle in the chakra. Ryan Gosling has that effect on me, but you know. Okay. Each to yeah. <laughs> their own, absolutely. <laughs> I want to just move back um, slightly to to you yourself because we've already established that um you were a super driven girl and you obviously still are but it's it's sort of shifted now it's it's different but you're also a single girl as many of our 50-ish tribe are so can you tell us how you navigated the hump of turning 50 and being single I knew a few things about moving into my 50s which helped me my training in Ayurveda Ayurvedic medicine or holistic medicine helped me understand that we have three seasons of life okay we've got childhood we've got adulthood and then we've got wise elderhood and childhood is zero to 16 adulthood is 16 to 50 wise elderhood is 50 and over 
So I knew I was about to turn into a new season. And so for me, I didn't have that fear that I think if I hadn't studied Eastern medicine, I would have been bricking it really. Um, But because I knew that it was a transition, it's like, I know I'm moving from summer to to autumn or autumn to winter. I knew that there Mm -hmm. was a transition. So I knew that there was an adaptation that was needed. I knew that there was shifts and changes that were needed. And so I made those changes. And for me, I was able to embrace my 50s as, wow, I get to be the wise elder now and I get to share. I know I knew that I would be able to share my gifts, go deeper with my self-mastery, embody my achievements and work for the greater good. So I was really looking forward to it. But I know that a lot of my clients don't and I help them navigate that bridge from their 40s to their 50s, especially as women, you know, because we are quite identified with our roles. Like as a mother, I didn't have that role, although you could say that I'm a mother of the people that I work with. So there's a clients. Yes, absolutely. Mm. For me personally, I was looking forward to it. And also I knew what was needed, the changes that were needed to actually move into it in a way that I was embracing it rather than running away from it. And I also had a ceremony, you know, I held a ceremony in my house where I gathered all my girlfriends and we had this beautiful ceremony where the elders who were already in their 50s walked me around a circle and kind of brought me into the 50s and the wise elders. Like an initiation, you know, so I was welcomed, yes. and then the younger ones supported me moving across from one side to the other. And it was just, it was profound. There were tears, and we shared stories, and it was just an honoring of the life that I'd had, and then an embracing of the new season of my life. And it was so beautiful. And a that lot is of them so beautiful. Said, oh, it's very symbolic. It yeah, very symbolic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is very symbolic, isn't it? Like having the, the older women there, and then also the younger women. Yes. with you. When you talk about the changes that you had to make for this transitioning, mm-hmm. was it a change in mindset perspective or was there some, I guess, physical changes that you made as well? Yeah, both. Um, the physical things were like knowing that in when we reach 50s and over, that's what we call vata time or the time when we've got more space and air. So we're more likely to dry up. That's why, because if you think of space and air, it's dry and it's cold. So we're more more likely to feel cold. We're more likely to dry up, you know, and be less unctuous. I like that word, unctuous. Be less unctuous. So fortify myself with warm cooked foods, oil therapies. So I do an oil massage in the shower every day before I start my day. It gives you a layer of protection, but it also unctifies the skin so it doesn't dry out so much. So nourishing foods, saunas, my yoga changed. So I've been a yogi forever. So I used to do Ashtanga and now it's more yin yoga. It's more nurturing yoga. It's more nourishing yoga. You know, not not expecting my body to perform how it performed in my 20s, 30s and even 40s, but understanding that there are changes and if you can adapt to them, you still get the most out of your body. It's very rewarding. So yeah, It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think when a lot of us see the physical changes happening to our body, hmm. it's that mentality that we've grown up with that, oh, you just have to push harder or, you know, it's the scarcity of food mentality and the push harder with exercise. But now that we're learning 
that that actually has the opposite effect, that the cortisol that that creates is so bad for us and it has the opposite effect. So it's so nice to hear more women like you saying, no, we need to be gentler at this time Mm. to get the better results. Yeah, and that doesn't mean be unhealthy. Well, actually, my health's never been better. In my 50s, it's never been better because I'm working with my body now. So I'm understanding my body. I know what my body needs and I give my body what it needs so mm-hmm. they perform at its optimal level. So mm. being that thoroughbred racehorse, but just changing clothing, you know, changing gears so that you can still get that optimal um, performance out of your vehicle, so to speak. Yeah. So what what should we, what could we or should we be doing at this point of our lives to maximise our health and well-being? kind of across this transition you know some of our listeners may be transitioning some of us are kind of already there and and moving you know towards our 60s and 70s etc what what do we really need to be doing I think first of all we have to be embracing so I would say embrace the shift embrace the transition rather than deny it because a lot of us in the west because the west denies the wise elderhood as something that's out of out of use, out of date, past its sell by yes. date. It's not honoured. So we have to embrace it and have a mindset shift around that and start honouring it. Because there's so many other cultures that do honour it. Yeah, every other culture but the West honours the elderhood. Um, and in the West, we don't. So in the West, what we try to do is turn the clock back and we start having, you know, surgery and procedures. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I am pro-choice for anything you want to do. So we work on the external, but we don't work on the internal. So we have to embrace that, in, you know, change internally and accept it and embrace it. And then I would say model. So modeling for other people, especially younger women, wearing our wisdom like a Chanel coat, uh, seeing ourselves as these wise elders who have so much wisdom to share with the world that is way beyond what we might look like physically or the way in which our body performs these days, really honoring that, so embracing that. Mm -hmm. And then I think initiating things as well. Don't wait for permission. Don't wait for someone to tell you what to do. As women in our 50s, we're so used to giving everything to everyone else. We, When we come to our 50s, you know, and those roles of motherhood start dropping away, we become empty nesters, the roles of society that we've played are starting to fall away. We start to think, well, who am I beyond these roles? And so initiating, letting go of guilt of not being there for other people and starting to be there for ourselves and starting to spend time in reflection. Who am I? What do I want out of my life? And trusting that you can get whatever you want. And it's just a number. You know, age doesn't limit you to having a life. And I say life starts at 50 and I'm sure you ladies agree. I mean, it really has for me. It's really opened so many doors for me uh, being in my 50s. And, you know, I so I would say initiate. Don't wait for anyone to give you permission. Oh, my gosh, you've put that so beautifully. We hear ladies talk about the transition from their 40s into their 50s and midlife, but you just said that so beautifully and it resonated with me so much. It's Mm. amazing how many times you hear those messages, but yet you'll hear it again and go, yes. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of initiating, you know, rather than like, don't wait, but initiate. Mm. Like, and, and also I think just giving yourself permission to accept that you, 
you're not going to function the same way in your 50s Mm. as you did in your 30s. And to put that expectation on yourself is to really set yourself up for disappointment and failure. And and that's the last thing we need at this stage of our lives. When I was 35, I could do that. Well, you're not. You're now, Mm. you know, in your 50s and that's great. Mm. It's it's great to be here and things need to be changed and modified, as you were saying. Yeah, and there's there's so many rich gifts waiting for us when we do that because we think often we can think well if I can't do my one hour power yoga anymore then you know what is there left in life for me to do but then you get to discover yin yoga and the power of yin yoga and the power of holding a pose and a power of being still and stable and in your power whilst holding a pose and it brings such depth so there's a depth and there's a richness to being in our 50s and over to life and and so there's so much to gain if we can let go of what was and move forward towards what is it's all that mm-hmm. waiting for us and let go of those expectations so good. i know i'm just taking notes here <laughs> like just pausing now momentarily note taker she's like yes 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 what yes. did you just say anjani let go of what was and so that we can embrace what's waiting to come in. Thank you. There are so, so we many, can, if we mm-hmm. can let go of the past, that's how we step into our power, our potential and our greater purpose. You talk about teaching women to use their feminine power to up-level their lives. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? I would say that, first of all, we've got to realise that we're muscling our life with our masculine energy a lot of the time. And yes. <laughs> so true. Because I was this, which is why I burnt myself out not once but twice. So if we're muscling life, you know, if we're using force and if we're trying to do life from that masculine energy, we're not talking gender here, we're talking qualities. Mm, mm. So if you think about qualities of how you do your day, then think about what the masculine energy is and what the feminine energy is. The masculine is our logic, our reasoning and our rationale. It's our thoughts. It's our thinking mind. And most of us will go throughout our day and do our jobs or run our businesses from that masculine energy alone. Now, what we want to do is balance that with the feminine energy as well, the feminine essence, which is our intuition, our heart, because those two things actually bring us our purpose. We can't think our purpose. We have to connect to it from our heart. So when we start to do that, then many doors start to open. We start to have many realizations. We start to understand ourselves more. So that feminine energy is also nurturing. It's cohesive. So it brings collaboration rather than competition. You know, I was Mm -hmm. so many times, you know, for example, you're running a business you have a trademark, someone, someone's got a similar thing or they're up, you know, they're doing something similar. The masculine would be, I have to compete. I have to get that person, get that logo off them, whatever. Whereas Mm -hmm. the feminine energy might go, well, why don't we come together? Why don't we nurture our businesses together? Why don't we collaborate? We're similar. So that means we can help each other. And that way we get way more out of life. It's a win-win. So there are many different aspects to the masculine and feminine. And It's not gender bashing. It's understanding that we have to balance our feminine energy with our masculine energy in life. And then we're working on all cylinders. If, especially if we're women or we identify as a woman and we're only running our masculine energy, then we get into trouble. We drain our resources. We drain our life force. And it's like muscling, you know, in yoga, men tend to muscle yoga. And that's why women 
can do poses that men can't. And you, I went to yoga this morning. There was a guy next to me, and he was like, <laughs> and I could hear him trying to muscle the poses. And I just wanted to say mm. to him, just use the breath. It's the breath, not the muscle that you can do yoga with. So it's just, it's like knowing what tools to use for what situation. And if we mm. know what the tools are, then in that situation, we can use that intelligence to go, okay, I need my mind here now to work out the action. But first of all, I might need my heart to understand what direction I'm going. What's my purpose here? Why am I doing this? So if we bring the two together, then we're a force to be reckoned with. I like that idea of balancing the masculine and the feminine. And and it does make sense that for, in certain situations, we do have to muscle in, as you were saying, we do have to use those, you know, more sort of masculine, I don't know, traits or qualities, I you know, to, to I sort of function and, you know, get mm. certain things done. And I think potentially that some of our feminine energy traits have even been kind of pushed down within us, especially people people who, like yourself, have been in careers that are, you know, dominated by a lot of men and, you know, you're kind of almost told that you need to put those feminine things aside yeah. and concentrate mm. in a male-dominated mm. area. And I think with us trying to push for equality and everything rather than pushing for it with our feminine energy, it was almost like we have to present or turn up as that masculine energy to compete but really we should be competing with our own superpowers in that area mm -hmm. but I think because they're so I guess you know eastern inspired and energetic mm. that a lot of people don't embrace them. Yeah I think um, because and I might be a bit controversial here but our western society has been very masculine you know if we think about our history we've been we've been basically living in a patriarchy we haven't Absolutely. had a and so because of that and it's not right or wrong it just is that that's a cycle that we've been in we're moving into a mm. matriarchal cycle by the way so this is why we're having these oh yeah yeah this yes. is why the me too movement started because we're literally flipping into we're transitioning into a matriarchal society in the west and so that's why the masculine is you know it's having its last death throes we've all been trained in this way we've all been this has been our culture so to even think about our feminine energy other than it's woo-woo, and we call ourselves it, we, we will say, oh, I'm being woo, it's my woo-woo side, or they're woo-woo, this is woo-woo. Well, it's not, it's actually our feminine energy, and we disempower ourselves every time we say, the divine feminine. Like woo-woo, we actually, we're actually saying, I'm not, I'm, in that moment, we're saying, I'm not honoring my feminine intuition because it's been made to be wrong. And so to step in our power, we've got to start embracing it and saying, well, no, I'm not woo-woo. I've actually got this superpower here and I'm going to tap into it. And that's when we get the uplift. You see, that's when we start getting mm -hmm. recognized. That's when we have the authority that we've been trying to have. That's when we can yeah. create change that we want to change by really showing up as that rather than as the masculine. We can't be the men playing them at their own game. We have to show up with our feminine energy. And that's what, mm. that's the game changer you see. And then we start yeah. getting recognised for that because that is our superpower. That is so brilliant and yeah. enlightening. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're both almost speechless. Um, well, Trish, you've got us very, very quiet, which is very yeah. unusual. You've got us very quiet, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, my brain's going yeah. Yeah, at a thousand miles an hour. And, Janine, you did sort of mention this briefly before, but speaking in general terms, 
women find it hard to themselves first. Can you tell us what happens when we do put ourselves first? You get happy, you find joy, you discover who you are, people start respecting you, you start respecting yourself, you have more time, you have more resources, you have more support, you have more help, you um, discover who you truly are, you resonate with your purpose. I mean, there's everything there that comes from that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> sealed the deal, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a long list, isn't it? But it's a very empowering good list and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, same, same. Because we do tend to, and it's not because, you know, many of us are mothers, it's just in general, like perhaps we're, you know, helping neighbours or because we do tend to, we um, take on that nurturing role. So it might be with parents or neighbours or siblings or whatever it is, co-workers, and then we put ourselves second or third or fourth or put our, you know, our own well-being on the back burner. And so it is interesting to think, think, oh, what if I actually put myself first all the time? It doesn't come natural. It doesn't sit really comfortably, I think, with many of us. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's looking at how we do it and the subtlety of doing it without it appearing selfish Mm. because it's not selfish. No, no. It's it's the little things. Yeah, yeah. I call it selfing. So if you change your label and call it selfing and understanding that Here's what helps women understand the shift, because it is a mindset shift. I agree with you, ladies. Understanding this, if we don't put ourselves first, then we're teaching all the women that grow up behind us, all of the women coming up behind us, we're literally saying to them, put everyone first before yourself. Which is how we've evolved. Mm. And as you spoke about before, the patriarchy, that's how it's all Mm. evolved. So if we want to change, if we want to help, women coming up through the ranks, you know, younger women, our daughters, our siblings, anyone, those mm-hmm. younger women, we want to help them, then we have to role model what it is to be in your power. And what it is to be in your power is to put yourself first. And that is the most loving thing you can do. That is the most nurturing thing you can do, because then you're able to set really healthy boundaries. You're able to say no when you mean no, and yes, when you mean yes. And that way mm-hmm. you're not using up all your bandwidth during the day, pleasing everyone else, then when you've filled up your cup, then you you serve from the overflow. And that's important for us to know and understand as women. Mm-hmm. Giving from empty, we give empty. We give resentment, yeah. we give frustration, we give empty. That is so mm. true. But if we fill our cup, if we're happy and joyful, then we've got so much more to give. We're inspiring when we do that. Yeah. It's funny and it's when you hear it said to you like that, yeah. you can identify it. Because yeah. I know that there's times in my life where nothing makes me happier than to give and to nurture and serve and whatnot. But then sometimes I'm like, oh, for 50 sake, really, mm. do I have to do this? Mm. But, yeah, it's just making sure that that cup's full and acknowledging that it is absolutely your right and your selfing to make sure that you've got what you need so then you can serve others when it's needed. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And Jenny, we've talked um, so much on this podcast about what we could and should be doing to maximise our health and well-being at this very transitional stage of life. But can we flip that? Because I'd like to know a couple of things we shouldn't be doing as midlife women. Tell us about Um, that. We shouldn't be rating ourselves based on what other women around us are doing. We should never compare ourselves. So looking Mm. at 
you know, don't rate yourself and also don't rate yourself against the picture that you had in mind of when you got to 50 because okay. yep. it's never going to match up and it doesn't allow for new experiences and growth. It just brings misery. So mm. don't rate yourself based on what others have achieved at their life at their 50, when they got to 50 or what you thought you might have achieved by 50 because it's not real. It's just what your mind made up in your head. Second of all, I, I would say don't procrastinate. Time's a ticking. Oh, my gosh. There's I need never, to hear that today. There's never a better moment than right now to decide to put yourself first and take action on the things that you want in life. It's really important. There's no guarantees how long we're going to be here. And so as we reach our 50s, it's important that we start to take action and take inspired action. I would also say don't run like the clappers away from the most important season of your life because your elderhood, your wise elderhood is the biggest gift that you are going to be handed in your experience in this body. And so it has such richness, such depth, such profundity, I want to say. And rather than running away from it, I would say run towards it, you know, arms and legs going, screaming, mm -hmm smiling and like I'm I am going for it and dive deep because it's a rich it's a rich well of um joy and happiness and purpose and fulfillment that is so beautiful yeah it is absolutely yeah. mm, it's very cool so Anjani we're starting to run out of time but there are a couple more questions that Trish and I would like to pose actually and I would like to just stay yeah. on this recording and talk to you all day I know <laughs> about our wise elderhood I'm just so loving that what are you most passionate about about moving forward? Me personally? Yeah, you personally. For me, uh, what, what impassions me the most is continually evolving and learning and growing. For me, that's yeah. what it is. So whenever I'm learning more about life, and I mean wisdom rather than knowledge, so yeah. mm -hmm. I, I like to gain wisdom from people and things and books rather than knowledge. So living life, learning lessons and continually evolving and being a, a, light, a student of life, that's what keeps me going. And then stretching myself, you know, if there's a day goes by where you're not totally terrified of something that you're doing, then you're not living fully. And so okay. I, I will stretch myself, you know, I'll go jump off a bridge or, you know, whatever it is, or go and swim in the ocean because the water, the wavy things terrify me. I'll go and make myself do it because that way we stretch ourselves. Mm. When I stretch myself, then, you know, I started learning piano at my, at my age. I started, I was wow. like, I've always wanted to do it and I'm, yeah. it and I'm super slow, but that's okay because I'm loving the process of using the other side of my brain and yeah. really stretching me. And yeah. I get so much out of it. And I think when we get into our wise elderhood, our lives can shrink if we don't keep stretching. So it's oh yes, that wow. yes, stretching just like yoga. You know, just keep stretching those muscles because that way they don't atrophy. Oh, I so agree with that. Mm. About our lives can shrink. I see it. I suppose with my parents who are in their eighties, how their lives have shrunk, and they're active and engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, as yeah. as 
you know, octogenarians, but we are still out in the big wide world going at a thousand miles an mm. hour, but I can see how my parents' world has shrunk down. Probably not through any fault of their own, like not because they're not trying, but just because it has, you know, it's become a lot more insular to where they were at when they were younger people. And I want to just keep stretching. <laughs> I like that that concept. I like the idea of, of being challenged within reason, of course. The terror terrifies me. <laughs> And it's funny because I ocean swim and I ocean swim with a couple of English girls and they're terrified of the waves. Oh, they have real I've fear. That, I get I'm like, so come scared on, girls. when the wave comes over and if you see a shadow underneath oh, Like a rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that sort of a shadow. But that concept is brilliant, mm. isn't it? Yeah, like stretching absolutely. it. And the thing is yesterday I had a bit of a, an epiphany, is that mm-hmm, the right word? Epiphany, yeah. When I thought about, because my husband and I are just about to come up to our 20th wedding anniversary and I was thinking... Wow, I'm mid-50s now. Mm. That last 20 years has flown by. This next 20, if it goes as fast, then I'm going to be mid-70s. Oh, I have that thought. You know, it's like I feel like, as you said, don't procrastinate. Mm. Put yourself first and make sure you do those things that are important to you that you want to do. Initiate so weight. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. That, I have, Look at my notes. And I, I don't she's Angie, got a full page of <laughs> And I always notes say, everywhere. With, with my husband too recently, I've, we have this kind of bit of a joke. It's like, well, if you ask for permission, somebody can say no. But if you just do it anyway, mm. then you can always say, oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you've but already also, done it. <laughs> yeah, but at least you've had a go. Yeah. You've actually done yeah. something, so right? Don't you've ask for permission, just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I really do like that. That's um, that's amazing. Thank you. So we have um, we have a wrap-up question, Anjani, that we ask all of our guests on the Don't Give a 50 podcast, and that is, what would the 50-ish Anjani tell the 20-ish Anjani if she could go back in time? What advice? What advice would you give your younger self? I would say to her that you have to know, darling, that you are loved You have to know, darling, that you are worthy and you have to know, darling, that you are beautiful. Oh, my darling girl. My co-host's got a bit emotional on that one. It struck a raw nerve. But it does with all of us, I believe. I believe that we've all belted ourselves up many a moment with that, you know, negative thought patterns in our own head. Yeah, and it's really important that we remember that. And as wise elders, we give that to ourselves. We give that love to ourselves and... You know, we honour and respect ourselves on the inside out and then that will come to us in life. I think it's the darling that got me. Is it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh, you sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That was just uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Thank you. Obviously what you what we needed. Mm, right time. Mm, now I'm sniffling. <laughs> so that's it from us today. If you would like to know more about today's awesome guest, Anjani Amrit, we've put links to her website and socials in our show notes. And you can follow us on Instagram at don't give a fifty or email us at hello at don'tgiveafifty.com.au. If you've got a moment, leave us a review or send it in via email and any suggestions of topics you'd like to know more about. So remember our gorgeous 50-ishers, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing is an absolute privilege and just being awesome is our right. And it has been our absolute privilege to talk to you, gorgeous lady. I'm so thrilled and so honoured. Actually, you're appearing at an event for uh, the beautiful Faith Agugu soon. 
Yeah. Would you like yeah. to tell yeah. us about that? Because unfortunately Mel and I aren't available that weekend, otherwise so we would love to be there. We were planning on it. We are going to do a road we trip. <laughs> and we can't, so next year hopefully. Yeah, so the event is Silver Sirens Redefining Ageing. I'm on the exec committee, so I'm very invested in this. It's an amazing group of women, a community that comes together. We have a live event every year. It's happening on the 1st of October. And we've also got a private screening of How to Please a Woman on the 2nd of October. So that's our after party, um, the day after. Yeah, which is fabulous. And, um, I do believe it's almost sold out. So if you are interested, um, maybe jump on the website and check it out because we are almost sold out. We have amazing speakers and we get together and it's like being back in community, you know, how we would in old times where we'd, we'd come together as wise elders, share wisdom and reconnect with each other and support each other. So it's a fabulous day. It's a fabulous week. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, we will be there without a doubt next year, but we'll also yeah. put in our <laughs> socials and show notes for those of you who may be able to get along this year, we will put that in. But once again, thank you so much. Bye, Anjani. Bye. Thank you so much. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.